Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad that you're joining us today because we have a wonderful show. Our very special guest is Robert Williams, and he will be talking to us about his book, Love and the Power, Moving Humanity from Fear to Love. He's considered one of the world's foremost experts in subtle energy engineering and technology. He, his background, he's an inventor. He's into music. He's an educator. He lectures at leading universities. And he also is the inventor and developer of quantum code technology, which is just incredible. Let's bring him on now. Hello, Robert. Hi, Denise. Thanks for having me on your show. I'd like to start out by asking you, how in the world did you get on this path? Where does it all start? <laughs> okay. Well, um, first of all, we're, I think we're all on a path. We're all on the path of exploration of our higher potential. And so mine uh, is is also having to do with a life that was fairly comfortable. I was in my mid-20s. I was a professional musician, and I was, as, as you mentioned, playing saxophone for the Beach Boys, which was really great, and um, had a lot of money and, and so forth. But um, I began to get ill, sick, and, and I got worse and worse. The doctors didn't know what was going on. And to make that long story short, I, I wound up having one of these near-death experiences. So I literally died and saw my body on the floor and had an experience that, um, uh, for me, made me aware of our higher potential, made me aware of um, the realms in which we coexist and also made me directly aware of some of the secrets that um, are embedded in our very selves, in our very um, uh, essences. And I began to use those secrets or use those um, codes or frequencies for my own healing. And I found that... um, in, in those in those days, those early days, that in spite of uh, later they found out that I was poisoned and I had really toxic levels, a lot of toxic poisons in my body. That's a whole different story. But at the time, they didn't know why I was uh, so ill. So the those 
points of um, discomfort and points of pain uh, I found were actually like portals to my higher potential. And I began to explore how we can use our higher potential through our illnesses or sicknesses or fears to, for, uh, for transformation. So anyway, to answer your question, that started me on this path of, of understanding my own health and understanding others' um, state of beings and state of comfort. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it led me to all kinds of great things. Over how many years? Because you're, well, you would yeah. be considered self-educated, uh, you know, spiritually. And I'm just curious how long it took you to reach the level where you actually self-heal. Yeah. So this was in 1979. The near-death experience was in 1979. I was 25 years old at the time, so you can <laughs> you can do the arithmetic. So that it's been a while, and um, yeah, it, it's it's an ongoing exploration. And I think one of the things that I want to to emphasize for your listeners, um, the theme of your show is about health, which is another way of saying our higher potential. Because if we're concerned about health, that means there's some level of discomfort. There's some level of maybe fear or, or concern. You know, we all go through ups and downs with our bodies and with our physiologies and our mental bodies. And what I think is most significant about the research that I started in the 70s and continue to this day is there's a, there's a, a thing called a quantum shift in, in physics, quantum shift is something that happens very suddenly, but it's from one state of existence to another state of existence. And, you know, I just, somebody sent me an email, and I don't know if you know about this, but Stanley Kubrick's 2001, A Space Odyssey, has been redone. They've, you know, they've, they've gotten a hold of the original film, and they've redone it, and they're going to put it out on the big screen. Have you heard about this, Denise? No, I haven't heard about it at all. Well, I'm going to talk about it because 2001 Great. is one of my favorite movies. And the reason why I bring it up now is that one of the themes in that movie is that at a certain point of evolution, there's sudden change and massive reorganization. And in the movie, you, for those of you who remember it, uh, and hopefully you'll see it, as it comes out again, there's a scene where there's like the 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 ape man, okay? So there's, you know, it's it's Paleolithic, it's prehistoric or whatever, and and man or the precursor to man discovers how to use a bone as a weapon, and that changes everything, and it sends out a signal to uh, the creator gods that the the evolution has reached a certain point and then there's a signal that goes out. So I don't want to get too metaphysical, but I but there is a there is a phenomenon that is currently understood in in real science whether, you know, the monolith is real or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm going to go to what they really do know is that at a certain point in our cellular growth there's a quick and sudden uh change and especially and we all have seen those or most of us hopefully have seen those amazing National Geographic 
films of the conception of a baby and all the different mm-hmm. phases that that the zygote and then the uh, the fetus as it goes through those quick, quick, quick changes, millions of changes every day. So there's mm-hmm. an example of something um, that uh, before conception there was a certain kind of pace, a certain kind of uh, time frame for the existence of those two cells. And then there was a sudden uh, change and massive growth in those nine months, and then it continues. So like that, humanity, in my opinion, has reached a certain um, point of its own evolution, that it's, uh, that it's time for a higher understanding of our own bodies, of our own existences, and back to the theme, how to heal. Um, so uh, I bet you most of your listeners have heard of like spontaneous healings or hands-on healings or uh, healings that happen because of prayer, these things that science can't explain. Yes. What my theory is and what happened to me is we, the, in those cases, uh, it's, it's not magic or anything that is outside of the laws of physics, but it actually does uh, look at the laws of uh, quantum physics in terms of connecting with a higher state of order. Or so, the, so in my case, I was dying, I was sick, and I stumbled upon a way to connect with my higher potential. And Deepak Chopra calls it the quantum body. The quantum body always is in perfect health, theoretically. Mm-hmm. And as we connect with that quantum body, it's the blueprint. So if our, bo- if our current physical body is not, um, is not completely aligned with our quantum body, then there's going to be illness and disease. And it's a little bit more complicated than that. But it's an idea I like because there's a blueprint that is already existing for each and every one of us for our next highest level of potential, at least, if not our full potential. And that blueprint is what we were born with. And each cell in our body has that blueprint. Each organ, each, you know, uh, system of the body has that blueprint. Mm-hmm. And as we've all heard, and I know I'm kind of, excuse me, I'm just going all over the place here, and I hope your, no, viewers, right. your listeners are tolerant because I'm just... Um, thinking that that, uh, all kinds of things can interfere with our connection to self, our connection to our higher potential. Stress, Mm -hmm. we've all heard that. If we're stressed, everything seems to be compromised. We can't think clearly. We can't sleep. You know, our our ability to be who we are, to access and express our full potential, is being compromised because of stress. So we find ways to relieve the stress or get into a natural environment that's less stressful or whatever. There's all kinds of ways. And that's a, that's also, that's a hint that that which is mentally or emotionally stressful affects our physiology, and that which is more natural and more uh, in, in aligned with, with um, the natural laws and our environment of nature is less stressful, and we can heal more quickly. So... Um, what I've been doing is working on ways in which to embed our daily lives with those natural frequencies or those codes or those um, energies 
that uh, we have been born with and that are part of nature, because we are not separate from nature, we all, your listeners know this, um, we are part of nature. So therefore, uh, we have access to those amazing laws and those uh, quantum shifts that are, are occurring in nature and that we can we can connect with and we can use to our benefit for our own healing. How? <laughs> Great question. Big so, word, huh? Big like word. I said, so those <laughs> those examples that I gave you are one example, like getting out into nature. Okay. So you know, and and taking time off, even um momentary pauses during the day to become more self aware is a way to connect with our higher potential. And what I've um, been fortunate to, to, um, to have experienced was people that are a lot smarter than I. One was Dr. William Tiller at Stanford University. He's now retired, but at the time when I brought my information to him, he was the chairman of the Department of Material Sciences, and we worked on a way in which to uh, create we call field generators, or um, we, we created our own crystal mechanisms that generate these natural frequencies found in nature. So we, we knew that we are not going to go back to the time where there's no telephones or there's no computers or there's no electronics. We knew that society uh, should enjoy these technological advancements. We also knew that most of those um, technologies are radiating out frequencies that are not life-supporting, that are not actually within the spectrum of natural frequencies that you find in down by the ocean or in the woods or in Hawaii or somewhere without um, big power lines and concrete things everywhere. So it's, these energies were, were harnessed and then were rebroadcast uh, in field generators. And then we he, we uh, developed some products, and most recently we developed a, a way to broadcast those frequencies um, over the airwaves, and a, each cell phone can actually um, pick up on these energies and rebroadcast them. So that's our big breakthrough, our current breakthrough. And that's, that's the, the phone app that uh, you might have heard about. So, th- so, so to answer your question, how my first answer is... What is the phone is, app? It's the phone app, so it's called the Heart Plus app, and H-E-R-T, uh-huh. plus, the plus sign. Yeah, you can go to Google and go to um, um, the Mac uh, app store and okay. download that. It's one-time fee, $1.95, and you can actually access on your cell phone these natural frequencies. We actually did a study. Uh, Beverly Rupick, who's a biophysicist from UC Berkeley, did a very, really good, comprehensive, controlled, double-blind study. People with the the real app and people with a fake app with a placebo um, was a big difference. So the the real app, after the codes were revealed, um, decreased stress by about 30%. And the the way she measured was in heart rate variability. So the so that's a measure of stress, by the way, HRV, heart rate variability. So that's been published in a medical journal. So it gives validity to the fact, number one, that natural frequencies just 
by being in the environment of these natural frequencies, lowers our stress, increases our resilience to diseases. Yes. So heart plus app will decrease your stress? It'll decrease yes, your it stress? Does. And I'm going to give a shortcut because I can just see people trying to get a – there's all, all kinds of apps with the, the word heart. So if you go to loveisthepower.com, loveisthepower.com, okay. it'll take you right there to either the Google or the Mac uh, Apple Store. Sorry, There's a link. Okay. It goes right to the, right, right to the exact location. Now, does it indeed cancel out the bad frequencies that um, are radiating from our technology? Let's say, let's put put it this way: it it um, increases the natural frequencies to the point where those negative frequencies are either neutralized. That's the way to say it, neutralized. It doesn't okay. cancel out because you, you need to have certain frequencies to get a cell phone reception, to get your cell phone to work, right? Okay. So those frequencies are there, so you can still call each other. But it, in, it, it takes those frequencies and it's what's called the carrier wave phenomenon where you, you can put other higher-ordered frequencies on a lower order of um, frequency and, and still broadcast out. Both, yeah. Great. That's really exciting. I'll have to try it. Yeah, yeah. And and in addition, it is the time, I believe, for each of us to exercise our, our free will because we have this awareness that we can utilize to our benefits to for our own health. And it's very, very powerful these days. Like I said in the beginning, humans have reached a certain point, and there's now a collective phenomenon that is real. And there's been research done uh, all over the world about the collective phenomenon. Rupert Sheldrake in England uh, has a theory called the morphogenic fields that you've heard this idea of the hundredth monkey that's the idea. When a certain species reaches a certain point, it's the same idea. It sends a signal out, and all the species, no matter where they're where they're at, where they're living, um, receive this information and and hop up very quickly to the next highest level of evolution. And I truly believe that's where we're at as as the the human species. There's definitely suffering going on. There's horrible things. Every moment there's cruelty somewhere, and we don't like that, and we know that it could be better. That actual belief is is a hint that we can increase the quality of life. The fact that we actually know it can be better alone gives us hope. And the fact that there are more people like yourself, your show, and the different movements around the world to to harness um, the hearts of other humans uh, is a very very good sign, and we don't see it on CNN or you know it's unfortunately we're in an age where negative reporting and negative uh, stuff violence is somehow more um, preferred than than something positive, but. You know that that gets into what people are 
unconsciously or even subconsciously addicted to. So there's a there's a hint. We're all we're all kind of, you know, we're in this in this flow of life, and a lot of the flow is being created by forces that are not perhaps in our best interest, and that's different conversation. But we do have this power of consciousness. We can stop in midstream, so to speak, and just say, who am I? Or just stop and become aware of this moment. Just doing that accesses higher fields of energy. Just that self-awareness. One of my spiritual teachers used to say, awareness is healing. Awareness is healing. So if I take a pause and I become aware of my body, and let's say there's a pain there, and and I become aware of that pain. So the pain's always, you know, uh, but now I'm more aware. I put all my awareness, or I become unconditionally aware of this pain in my knee, let's say. That actually begins a healing process. It connects up with that blueprint of the of the knee without the pain. That's where these spontaneous healings come from. Not only do we access our own blueprint with our own self-awareness, but we can do it for others as well. So the hands-on healer, every hands-on healer I've spoken with, the key is to get out of the way and just become aware with unconditional love. So the person is dying of cancer, let's say, become aware with unconditional love, accept that. You're not, you, you certainly want the person to heal up, but if you get too wrapped up in your own personal desire, it actually um, decreases the ability for that own person's um, higher potential to manifest. Um, awareness is healing. Hmm. Interesting. So let's talk about your book. So the title is Love is the Power, and um, it sounds very simple. We've been wondering about love since our earliest memory. We know Mm -hmm. love from our mothers. We know love from our own experience. There are different phases of love, like I mentioned earlier. So there is a a place in consciousness where love is truly unconditional. And parents know this, and, and most of your listeners know this. You don't have to be a parent, but it makes it easier. If you have a child and you're holding the child, you're not thinking, what's in it for me? You know, it just doesn't occur. You mm-hmm. are just loving this child, especially in the early days after after birth. So that's unconditional love. So that state of consciousness is what I call it. That state of consciousness is where we are completely in a state of acceptance, we're not attached to anything. We're not pushing away anything. It's a state of unconditional love, openness. It doesn't mean that we allow negative things to happen. It doesn't mean that we, if we see something bad happening, we don't try to stop it. Those are natural impulses to, to stop bad things. I have a daughter. If something's threatening her or something in a dangerous, she becomes uh, doing something that's dangerous, then I'll, I'll step in. That's still with the basis of this unconditional love. The actual location, for those of us who know about the chakras, is in the core of our heart chakras. 
And that's oh. the chakra that, yes, so that's the chakra that is now blossoming in humanity. The other chakras had to explore their highest potential, and those are chakras that have to do with our individuality, our need for protection, our need for uh, to to gather food, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and watch out for tigers and all kinds of things uh, humans had to learn and as a function of each of the chakras. So the lower chakras usually is about me as an individual. Upper chakras are usually about us, starting with our family, and then ultimately us as one human race. The heart at the core has the ability to allow both 100% of the collective unity and 100% of my individuality. It's, a, it's where the paradoxes of unity and diversity actually are um, accepted. Both, both paradoxes, the paradox collapses actually because in unconditional love, you are you, I am me, and we're having this exchange here, you know? And, and uh, and at the same time, there is a place where you and I are the same. We are one expressing in different ways. And we have that unified consciousness that is not separate from each other. So that's at the core of the heart. Interesting. Huh. Once the heart opens like that, I'll, I'll, I'll share this too. It also you begin to understand that there really is no death, that we just change forms. Energy never gets destroyed. That's a quantum physics equation. Energy just changes forms from one state to another. So when I had my own own near-death experience, I actually saw a dimension where different kinds of bodies and different forms, faster than light, so... On the physical level, we can't see them, but on a spiritual level, we can see them, and uh, we can see what happens after death, and it and it lightens the 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 fear of of death. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that when a loved one dies, we don't grieve. We grieve the loss for sure, but we know when our hearts are open that there is it's not an end. It's or you could say an end of one form of consciousness expressed as a particular body in the beginning of another form of consciousness expressed as another kind of body at a higher frequency, perhaps. Hmm. So you were able to see other dimensions. Would you consider it um, spiritual life? Yes. And so this, you asked about the book. I write about this in the book. Mm-hmm. Um I go into how love healed my own body and how love uh, healed other people I knew and other Mm -hmm. situations. Uh, It's a very personal story. You know, I go into a very uh, dark night of my own life, Mm -hmm. and I I just, I'm honest about that, those times of of suffering. And I, uh, but I honestly include the epiphanies that I had and the okay. the interesting um, things when the third eye opens and the heart is open, then you see these things. You see, you can see angels, you can see things. And I don't, I'm not here to 
prove it. I, I just share my story in the book and, um, and let others uh, draw their own conclusions. But hopefully the point of the book is, is with the title that as we are collectively entering this new phase of humanity, this new potential is being unveiled to us every day, every moment. We are more able to connect with love. We are more able to access that state of consciousness. And it truly is powerful. It is more powerful than any kind of darkness or any kind of um, threat to our existence. And I believe it's the answer to the despair and the um, horrible things that are currently still part of the human condition. Uh, we still want to educate our children. We still want to do what we can to, um, on the conventional level, on the real level of whatever it is, politics. But mm-hmm. what I believe and what a lot of others are realizing is that the answer is in raising consciousness and raising our awareness so that um, the collective influence becomes so powerful that people who are even non-believers who who are so angry they want to destroy or kill or harm others, they actually start feeling differently. And this is actually an experiment that's been done with prisoners and all kinds of, I can, I can reference in my book, uh, you'll read others who have done research with raising consciousness with real effects. Um, so people who are there, going to, are there exercises, are there mental exercises people can do to achieve the height of, um, the quantum physics, you know, that are beneficial to our overall health? It's actually the most difficult and the simplest at the same time is to take a pause during the so during the day we, we find ourselves wrapped up in thoughts and, and what we're having to do at the moment. We're driving here, mm-hmm. we're talking here. And we our awareness is often overshadowed with what we're doing. So we, we lose that sense of self, that sense of the unchanging, the witness. So how do we uh, regain that presence? Eckhart Tolle calls, calls it the now moment, the present self. How can we access that? We just, that's the practice. That's the technique. We, when we become aware, like, what am I doing, you know, those moments will happen automatically because it's part of the, the mass conscious position of, of our individuality is to have these moments during the day. Oh, what, what's happening here? That's the key. As soon as we become aware that we are somebody <laughs> doing something, then we, we just then, oh, okay. And if, we have a, if we're in the right environment and we're not doing something that takes all of our attention, then we accept that. We accept whatever is going on. What am I feeling? What am I? So, okay, so there's pain there and there's pain there. I'm angry here, I'm angry there. You allow those emotions and the sensations to be. Now, here's the, here's the big, big secret with this technique. As you continue to accept whatever it is, let's say it's anger, and you allow that anger, it might 
shake your body, you might want to scream, you might want to cry. If you continue to allow the emotion with that unconditional love, it will change. It will start to clear itself. It will start to go to this higher state of um, reality. So the anger, in my case, turned to grief. So I allowed the grief. The grief turned to confusion. I allowed the confusion. And I'm just saying this hypothetically could go anywhere. The confusion went to sadness. I allowed the sadness. And then, this is the key, then there's a state of balance that you'll achieve. You'll experience this balance or this peace, this P-E-A-C-E, peace, that is free. And it truly is a liberating state of consciousness. You, you are in that present moment. You're not resisting. You're not holding on. And then you do what you have to do. That technique is using the power of love because love is unconditionally mm-hmm. um, in its, at its essence it is unconditional it will, it will love, it will have that radiant energy no matter what happens you can say it's mother's love it's, it's the love of our creator it's the love of the essence of nature that is always looking for uh, equilibrium for something that is or something that is new um, now that's so. I just put my toe in metaphysics. You don't mm-hmm. even have to believe. You know, you don't even have to believe it. Some people go, oh, no, there's no, there's no way. There's always going to be suffering. Well, true. In my own case, the suffering decreased, and there was a place where there was no suffering, and I was alive, and I was functioning, and I was at peace, and I was loving others, and so I can speak from personal experience that it is possible, and it, it comes with all kinds, this awareness, this, unaccept, this unconditional acceptance comes with, the, my own healing was, was, was automatic to that point. It wasn't that, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, I was so focused on my own healing, uh, to tell you that gets into my story. I was mm-hmm. perfectly willing to die. I had no attachments. At the, I didn't. I wasn't married. I didn't have a daughter. You know all those things. You know I was. Mm-hmm. I was fine with wherever um, destiny would take me. But destiny took me right back to my body, with healing and with um, greater energy than I had ever experienced before. So that, in the book, I go into greater detail. But it also speaks to our own intuition. People in your show know that health is possible and know that through awareness, through our simple changing our states of consciousness with this technique that I just shared, um, has has tremendous value. And, and once we experience that, we go like, wow, I did that without even knowing it. It's also mm-hmm. called letting go, you know, letting go. Sure. At some point we surrender. We surrender to the to God or to the highest potential or to the mm-hmm. mystery, to the goddess. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't use surrender or letting go because I don't use those too often because it, it still implies that you're doing something. Oh, I want to let go now, you know. Mm-hmm. But in my own experience, it is completely accepting, not trying to do anything, and then the letting go is the result. Then you're freed. 
because of that unconditional love. Hmm. This whole process would take somebody a week, two weeks to achieve, a month, many months. Yeah, one of my spiritual teachers, it's like um, if you had a, a bucket with yellow paint mm-hmm. and you had a white piece of cloth and you want the cloth to be completely yellow. So the first, you know, so you dip the cloth in the in the yellow paint and then you pull it out and most of it will evaporate away evaporate away and just a little bit of yellow and then you keep dipping keep dipping keep dipping until finally the cloth is completely mm-hmm. yellow so mm-hmm. like that and we all have our own rates of of growth we have all right. all have our own you know energies mm-hmm. that are very unique to us um it it could take a, an instant and we understand that we are always free. We are never bound by any thought or any condition. In addition to that freedom, we go back into our boundaries. So, you know, our boundaries, our, our bodies are, you know, they have a boundary, that the skin is a boundary, and there's all kinds of protective layers around the heart and the lungs. And this is, this is, a, this is how the universe is created. It has distinct areas of energy, that have protective elements, appropriately so. That which is, is poison to the heart is what's needed in the stomach to digest, but we have the right boundaries, right? And we have the right um, way in which the acids stay in the stomach and don't get to the heart. And, and like that, we have our, that's, that's the innate intelligence. That's the natural laws that we can um, access through our own, through our own awareness. Nobody really knows how the heart stays the heart and the stomach stays the stomach. And Okay, it's DNA and there's uh, chromosomes and yes, but when you get right down to it, it's just, it's just space. There are just these amazing um, energy fields that are at the basis of our very existence. In my opinion, that will always be somewhat mysterious to our minds. But mm-hmm. we can use that. It's happening right now. I want to just take you back to the Heart Plus app that we discussed earlier. How often should somebody use that? If they're experiencing stress and they activate the app, for how long and how often? So the, the app is like an app on your phone. So if you're your cell phone is on, and you go, and there's you'll see the little logo, and the earth is spinning, and you turn it on. There's a switch that turns on, and if it's on, it'll stay on uh, if your phone's on. So um, it's on all the time, and it will generate those frequencies, as I mentioned. And uh, so you, you, it's, you don't have to turn it off. If you want to, you can, and you'll feel the difference. Well, most people will feel the difference. When you turn mm-hmm. it back on, you'll feel a little shift. Um, it's kind of like if you, you if you went on vacation and you had this really great experience way out in nature and or you know river rafting or mountain climbing or down in Hawaii, and you and you remember that because it was a real experience. The app is similar. It will it will 
broadcast those frequencies that are only found in natural environments, even though it's on your cell phone, even though you, it could be at your office or your home or whatever that's surrounded mm-hmm. by electricity and these things, it, uh, it's, it's a great uh, addition to our current environments is, is to have this, this app on all the time. Yeah, it sounds like a great tool. Was there anything else you want to add about your book or what your current work is, you know, where you're at these days with it? Sure. There's a couple little things I want to share. There was a, there was a point in my own healing that I realized I needed to move my body. Even though I was, I was down to 105 pounds, 106 pounds, and I'm six foot three, so I was just skin and bones. Um, so, so aside from that part of my story, all of this. Let me let me let me put it this way. Um, Rudolf Steiner, who was a very very smart guy, he founded the Waldorf School of Education. He wrote many many books about geometries and mathematics and how the world works and very very brilliant he said this and i'll never forget this reading this in one of his uh, essays that if any family finds themselves unhappy or finds themselves sick more than occasionally then that means we either are not singing enough we're not dancing enough or we're not storytelling enough and all the indigenous societies the Indians and you know I'm part Cherokee so I went back and looked at they have dance singing and storytelling as part of their culture and I introduced that to my own family and the results were amazing especially in terms of just our happiness not just when we were dancing but just it carries on so that's another thing I just wanted to share with your audience that's pretty special you know, it sounds very simple, but how many times do we sing and dance mm-hmm. or storytell? Mm-hmm. Storytelling, you know, reading, reading a, a book to each other. There's something about that that allows the the um, part that's always on guard uh, for the dangerous tiger to relax. <laughs> Some storytelling, yeah. yeah. So why don't you, Robert Williams, tell the audience where they can purchase your book and then again your website. And I know that the link for the app, Heart Plus, is on your website. Yeah, you can go uh, to the website, loveisthepower.com, and also buy my book. It, it'll link over to Amazon. And you can download the book, Kindle or whatever, and you can buy a paperback these days. So it's all on that one website, Love is the Power. Oh, that's great. Just great. Well, you've been a wonderful, wonderful guest, extremely knowledgeable in your field, quantum physics, quantum co-technology. Really enjoyed talking with you today. And I, I sincerely hope you continue your work because humanity will definitely benefit from it. We're all in this together, and humanity is is inspiring me and I will continue my work and I will look forward to joining others like this and and uh, thank you for inviting me to be on your show it's been a real joy it's been a real honor and pleasure
The feeling is mutual. Thank you so much. Robert Williams, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that sums up our show for today. Some pretty amazing information. Please tune in again next Wednesday. We're an hour show, and we'll have another amazing, amazing guest for you. Until then, please be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?